Hey, everyone. In this episode of History Unloaded with Danny and Ashley, we're going to talk about words. Words? Like what words? Like bad words? Like the words that you make up in every episode of the podcast. Strategery. Strategery. I can't remember. There have been so many good ones. Over the years, and I made up some. I think in this season, actually. Now that I like to think that I'm influencing you, that I am an influencer, and I'm influencing you with my inability to speak. Well, you know, one of my favorite academic words—that's one of Danny's least favorite. As a digression, is problematize or no? It's not problematize. It's um. Oh no! Oh no! It's Danny's not even gonna say it. Oh gosh! It's juxtaposition. Danny hates the word juxtaposition. I hate the word for our listeners, and this is not going to relate at all. I hate the word juxtaposition and juxtapose because in grad school, every grad student in museum or art history uses that word almost all the time to sound like they know what they're talking about when they're, you know, grad grad students don't know what they're talking about yet. And 90% of the time that that word is used, maybe 95% of the time, you could just say contrast. I don't like it. I use juxtaposition, but that's not what we're talking about today. We're going to talk about gun language. So the topic of today is gun language. And because Danny and I do very minimal prep work for these podcasts, I think we're going to cover multiple avenues of kind of the significance of terminology that is in our everyday life that relates to firearms, but then also get off a little bit on a rant about um, semantics and pedantics. And pedantics and <laughs> a lead off with a trivia, a fun trivia fact about Sam Colt. What's that? He apparently could not spell worth a darn. And like even by 19th century standards was a terrible, terrible handwriter, which kind of goes along with this whole stick of being a terrible kinda, person. Yes. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Sam Colt was kind of a jerk um allegedly, allegedly and was very unliked and the whole story of Colt is probably created by his widow because she was amazing and a good person and she wanted to immortalize her husband but like we don't even not I'm gonna get on a little rant like we talk about Sam Colt as like this amazing person but like we don't talk about the fact that he had like designers that did so many of the things that we associate with Colt like he wasn't just him like off being brilliant in a lot of cases, like, yeah, he did design some pretty cool things and he had his patents and whatnot. But when you actually get into like the formulation of the formation of formulation, the formation of the company, I mean, there's so many names that are associated with the designs. And then he dies in 62. So like, let's not even talk about that because he's not really? even around for like the most significant gun that was ever invented by Colt. I feel like this is probably taking this analogy way too far, but I'm going to do it because why not? I feel like Elizabeth Colt is kind of the really cool person, like cool girl, you know, that like dates the complete. But it's it's Elizabeth Hart Jarvis or Jarvis yeah. Hart Colt. It was a very long name. Yeah, yeah. But Elizabeth is like the cool person, you know, that dates the complete and total jerk and you can't make any sense of it. Well, it's true, though, because um, she was she's still known as the first lady of Hartford um, and she was known for her charitable contributions and she was rich. Her family was rich. And so like she was a wonderful human. And, you know, but it's like you see that all the time, like really nice people with like straight douchebags. And you're like, how does I feel like happen? the talk of Hartford in the 1850s and 60s is like, why is she with that guy? Like, I feel like that have that happened frequently at parties. 
mm, I don't know. Do people, I think people were scared of him. Maybe not. I don't know why we're just speculating, but the topic of this episode is gun language. Gun language. <laughs> so do you want to start with like expressions that we yeah. use? Yeah. So I think one of the, one of the areas that this uh, touches on is, and this is a, this is something we've talked about doing off and on for a really long time, but we've never quite gotten around to it, but um, and we're not big in etymology. Yeah, we are not etymologists or linguists by any means. So take, as usual, as per usual, uh, take everything we say with a giant grain of salt. Um, but one of the common ways is like expressions in everyday life that have been influenced by firearms. And there's um, there's actually quite a few. And there's, I mean, the really obvious ones like flash in a pan or don't go off uh, half cocked. Um, then these go all the way back to like, you know, primitive, quote unquote, primitive firearms days when, you know, you actually had to put powder in a pan. And if it just flashed, then it didn't ignite the main charge and didn't fire the gun. And that's a bad thing. Or if you attempted to fire a flintlock from half cock, then, you know, the gun doesn't fire. And it's, you know, all these things from that. Is it? Oh, now we're just, um, but it's don't go off half cocked. I thought that was more of an expression about like the half cock breaking. I mean, it could be. I <laughs> clearly we are. Oh my gosh, we gotta move on, guys. Uh, I always thought it was don't go off half cocked, like in a sense where like the me- the mechanics of it failed. But uh, I thought it just meant the. Well, I mean, people use it to say like, well, our plan isn't all the way together. We're not all the way prepared. I thought it was like if the gun is in the half cocked position and you try and pull the trigger, it's not going to fire. Um, I'm going to Google that. So say other things, Danny. Um, I like that. I feel like this whole season is like me just Googling things that we say to make sure that I'm. We're doing live fact checking now um, because we've never done any fact checking. Oh, Danny, you're right. And what's funny is Danny's so right. And I'm pretty sure he read the Wiktionary before we. I did not. I absolutely did not. Because it's uh, it's used as to mean performing an action before getting all facts in or acting prematurely. <laughs> that is. I just feel like you used all of those words like five <laughs> seconds ago, and now I don't believe you. I I did not. I promise I did not. It was. I, I t- I'm taking it back that you would think that I would prepare. So the thing that I've learned is that Danny does research, but only the top google search term <laughs> i like i'm not even throwing sh- like I, I am throwing shade but i shouldn't because like i've been there i would just like to go on the record and state in my own defense that i i don't know why i'm defending this that i didn't prepare for this episode and did not steal the wiktionary <laughs> answers the wiktionary stole your answer exactly that's right also don't you love confirmation bias i do i really really like- do i uh, love it so much use it all the time So what's interesting about gun language in general is that like it really like permeates our entire culture, even though like today people, a lot of people don't like guns, but we all still continue to say dodge a bullet, you know, the smoking gun, um, you know, all of these terms. And then the other thing that I always found interesting was that, you know, when the at the turn of the 20th century, when like Kodak was using gun terminology to describe how to operate a camera. And we still use all that today. So it just kind of cracks me up to see like how I don't know if it cracks me up. That might have been a bit dramatic, but like how we use gun language all the time and nobody thinks about it, especially in like today's society where like words are so 
impactful and they're so important and people are so careful, uh, not us, but <laughs> the rest of the world is more careful in the way that they phrase things. Yet people who really don't like guns are still using gun expressions. Um, I, I think don't even know it. Yeah. You think someone that doesn't like all these expressions might be <clears throat> triggered by them? I died because that was epic. And I actually, what's so funny here is that I thought triggered, but I didn't want to get in trouble for like, like people thinking we were mocking it. But then like, I did not in my brain associate the fact that it is the word triggered. <laughs> right, like, like I mean, oh my God, the ultimate. The Camille ultimate. is looking at us like, no. Camila just shook her head. She's not. I'm here. reading something in the same screen, so it like <laughs> looks like I'm like really concentrating on y'all. But I'm... you look so disappointed that I would you make looked, that joke. Camila. You look so you look mad. So that upset. You made that joke. Were you triggered? Camila? <laughs> I guess I I look mad when I read. I don't know. <laughs> I look mad all the time. It's fine. Oh my god. Anyways, after that derailment of this, it wasn't talk. a derailment. It was like perfect, Danny. Thank you. It might be the best joke I've ever told on this podcast. I think I feel like we've used that joke before, but not yeah. within the same context. No, or we've so, done this episode before as Camila. It gets so for our listeners, it gets so hard to remember what we've said on this thing already. So if we ever repeat ourselves, listen twice. Yeah. Done. But by then you probably have stopped listening. So like, it's cool. It's cool. Anyways, uh, so there's that side of the firearms lingo world where there's all these expressions that have like permeated, um, you know, wide broader culture. And I then like there's a side of like, my word. what's that? Permeated. Permeated. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I did you just say thank you as in like as in like you came up with it or that <laughs> thank you as in I said it like five minutes ago. <laughs> I thought you said. <laughs> so what happened there was I thought you said. I used a good word, not like I. So I was like, "Oh, thanks." I did. I thought I'm like, wait, I think he just like thinks I'm complimenting the word, but like, no, I'm laughing because I literally used the word like five minutes ago. Well, if I can once again steal my source material from <laughs> Wiktionary slash Ashley, I Actionary. Uh, <laughs> we have all these words that have, or all these expressions that have permeated culture and then in gun culture there's all this like lingo that gets used all the time because firearms are technical things um and there's their there's like their official names their shorthand for them and there's all this lingo within firearms that then we become really used to and then it gets hard to decipher from the outside or even if you're a new like a new shooter or you know someone new to the firearms world then it gets begins to go the other way and it's really really hard to start to decipher and you have to spend some time some amount of your introduction to firearms learning all the jargon in lingo and that one can actually be a little bit of a i think a barrier to entry um without even getting into like the pedantry of things like clips versus magazines uh it, you know it's a gun code if you will <laughs> if 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 you may and you did <laughs> For those who don't know that's my consulting business um but don't call me because i'm really busy <laughs> that's not true you can call me it's fine but actually don't call me email me i'm a millennial um but no it's true that 
we've almost become hostile to one another about terminology and we completely dismiss people based on the words that they use, which is really a barrier, um, which I think you just said, but I was trying to come up with my gun code joke when you were saying it. Um, it is really a barrier for a lot of people and it turns a lot of people off. That's both within and outside the gun community. I mean, you want to get involved in guns and you say clip and like, everybody's like, you're stupid. And like gets mad at you. Well, like, I don't want to be a part of that culture. That's so negative, you know? And, you know, one thing that I will say is that, and I've said this a million times, I said it in front of Congress, you know, I personally think that words matter. And so I do understand the need to be specific in the way that you word things, especially outside of the gun community, especially when it comes to legislation. But I also think at the same time that gun people feel as if they have the insider scoop on what those terms mean. And to some extent, some gun people do, but to other extents, <clears throat> excuse me, to other extents, they have no idea what they're talking about and they're yelling at each other. And then like they could be like learning and being good advocates outside of our community to help kind of build that level of knowledge so that when we do encounter you know conversations where we're invited to dialogue, we're using the right terminology. But instead, it's almost like this weird infighting that goes on uh, within our community of a bunch of people who think that they know exactly what every word means. And Danny knows exactly what I'm talking about, I am sure which we have talked about before on this show. I have two thoughts I'd like to share. Okay. One, nice, real casual mention of the time you spent before Congress. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, second, I the thing I equated when to- When I learned Congress. The, the learned, the learned uh, juxtaposed Congress. Um, the thing that occurred to me was, as you were talking about that was, and I agree with you, very much that like it is important to i'm not saying that we should just all start calling magazines clips again like that's not what i'm advocating here for you want to specify why you said again why i said what why you said again again you said start calling magazines clips oh. again oh yeah i'll talk about that in a second um so <laughs> not now people not I, now I, if i don't get my thought ready out, I'm for this. Forget it, talking about magazines and clips so the thought was that first off, I, I, I'm advocating for the correct use of the correct terminology in the appropriate settings. The thing that occurs to me is I feel like this is the one area of my life where I have to spell this out. My other hobbies, my other interests, people are a lot more lax, I feel like, with terminology. Like, and when I'm talking to people on a day-to-day -day basis about other subjects, like, you know, if I slip up and like call something you know, the wrong thing when I'm like explaining, you know, even at work, like how we're going to plan an exhibit and those kinds of things like are much more lax than it is in the gun world where if I'm, if I'm at the range and Danny stands there and accidentally uses the word clip, then everybody's like, ha, we got you. Whereas in other, everybody stop shooting. Right. Like turns around, looks at you. range is cold. Everybody guns down. We're going to make fun of Danny. Like, and it's not that extreme, but you know what I mean. I mean, um, it kind of is, and so, like within some circles. But almost all of my other hobbies and interests, maybe maybe I've just chosen a very specific set of things. But I feel like in everyday, like face to face conversations, we're much much less pedantic about things than we are in firearms land. And now, why I said clips and magazines again is because we've only and other people have talked about this. We've probably mentioned it before in the podcast, but to reiterate, we've only 
have just now in like the big scope picture of history really bothered to differentiate like clips and magazines like there is a technical difference however nobody really got serious about actually laying that out until like i don't know last 15 years something like that yeah um that's kind of funny i just think that's i always think it's funny when it's like oh it's been like this forever and then it's like right like the like, people that invented the things use the terminology interchangeably yeah so that goes back to what we've talked about a lot before too like silencer suppressor like the inventor called it this even though it's more accurate to call it this um well you know my favorite is the um americans with their semi-auto handguns that they started calling automatic handguns and like just right. confusing the hell out of everybody <laughs> you know yes. and like because we, I mean, we have that in the museum. There's like, you know, when we define automatic in the museum, there's like a little asterisk and it's like, P.S. When you see old timey handguns, this is exactly how it was worded. When you see old timey handguns um, and they say automatic, they're not. They're not. They just mean self-loading. Yeah. Danny doesn't like saying semi-automatic. Yeah. He's everything. Dead. I think we should all go back to self-loader versus semi-automatic. I mean, it would confuse people outside of the gun world. Here I am advocating. No, these aren't for... semi-autos; they're self-loaders. <laughs> Advocate. I'm like, oh, we need to be like somewhat more accept accepting of people that are learning this stuff. And then I'm like, no, we need to switch it all to a even more obscure thing. <laughs> it's very true, but no, I mean, like, I get it with self-loaders because it does like it doesn't come with the same stigma that semi-auto has. Right, because that scary automatic words stuck in there. Well, and like. I don't know. It's interesting to me because, um, well, if you guys have heard the episode that I did with Ian McCollum, um, we talked about some of this and, you know, Ian very much believes in using the terminology of the time. Um, so if somebody was calling something, something. Nice. <laughs> Thanks. A little something, something. <laughs> a little something, something. If somebody was using like a terminology to describe their gun, then he like, you know, puts it within that context if he's talking about it within that context. But then if he's talking about it in overall technology, then he uses the appropriate terminology. Thanks, Camila. You got my phone to ping while we were on the podcast. She's not here anymore, Danny. You just got real quiet. Well, I was uh, wondering since you were interrupting that if we needed to like pause and pick back up. No. <laughs> now we do. No, we don't, because you're going to hear my ping. Oh, OK. We're fine, guys. Uh, just cool. know that our producer thinks we're so boring that she left. <laughs> she walked out and then texted Ashley about how boring we were. Uh, that, that's exactly what she said. <laughs> so we have I mean, and that's an interesting way to approach it is to use try and use it in the time period. But then that also gets hard to, you know, distinguish, like if you're shooting, you know, if you're shooting a historic handgun, do you use the while you're shooting it in a modern day setting, do you use the, it's a semi-automatic. And then when you're just viewing it for like research purposes or looking at it on your wall in the office, do you just be like, well, that's a self-loader or an automatic because or that, an automatic depending talking on, about like Remington or some, or somebody. a battery gun or whatever it might a battery be. Battery gun. Gatling, Gatling's battery gun or whatever it's called. I think that you're just talking about the Gatling gun to reopen old back wounds. to reopen old wounds where I owned you. <laughs> that felt like <laughs> I think the appropriate word for my generation is pwned. I believe I haven't heard somebody use that word though. And it had a really quick like 
it was really popular and then has gone away very quickly i feel like um pound <laughs> i don't think saying it again helps <laughs> no and watch it probably means something that i don't even know which is ironically what we're talking about today with <laughs> exactly what we're talking about we yeah. don't know the lingo of our own generation we're too i don't the gun world do you remember when there was that one word that people were using for a while? Um, the youths were when we were at the museum and I like finally, oh God, I can't remember what the word is. I finally learned it and I said it and it was like three years too late. Um, was that fleek? It was fleek. fleek. Yes, it was fleek. It was, I was like, that's on fleek. And you were like, no. <laughs> it's too but late. But of course, I also didn't know, and I feel like we mentioned this before, I didn't know what the boogaloo was. <laughs> and he had to explain <laughs> to me the boogaloo. I think saying that on our podcast will probably now get us... I don't know what. Well, I mean, this was a long time ago. How long has the boogaloo movement been going on? It's been a while. And everybody uses different words for it now. I, um, I'd like to just say uh, on the random... That is an expression I have um, <laughs> that my favorite thing about testifying in Congress <laughs> <laughs> when Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania's, I think, attorney general, Josh Shapiro, used the word boogaloo in a very serious manner. I think he used boogaloo boys to be specific, like as a description of a actual serious threat. And I think that if C-SPAN had all of our faces on the camera, like I laughed, like I think my <laughs> face was like, did you just like literally reference the Boogaloo? Like it was this scary, like KKK, like organization. Like I'm like, there's also that time around Christmas, like two years ago where that guy was like holed up in his house and he was calling like forth the Boog. It was that? that, that weird. That was, that was weird. That was a weird day for everybody. That was a weird day for the internet. <laughs> and then it was like, ultimately, he's fault. He was like an abusive drunk or something. Like he was just. A, yeah. He, he set yeah. out the boog symbol. And the boog, <laughs> the, yeah. The boog signal, like the Batman. <laughs> like the Batman. And, and so many Hawaiian shirts came running. <laughs> so now that we're way, way down. <laughs> a, rabbit, a complete rabbit hole. I mean, it does talk about like there are these new words that have been introduced into gun lingo that are like like boogaloo or like i don't even know i mean but there's it's i mean one because technology evolves so we um introduce new technical terms but we also gun culture as we've had you know oh don't even try to define that one right the gun culture 1.0 and 2.0 and 3.0 as gun culture has evolved then all the cultural references within the within and outside of the community those change too and i wasn't even prepared to like get into all that with my many hours of preparing on Wiktionary. <laughs> Wiktionary, my first top Google search. <laughs> um, but yeah, well, and I mean, I guess it just gets to this point where like, I just, I'm so frustrated by our community, the gun community, because we just, like, there's so much fighting. Actually, when I spoke at a rally. <laughs> just, uh. You're gonna next next you're gonna tell me about your really cool friend that lives like up in I don't know across the country somewhere or something. Um no, I don't have cool friends. <laughs> Ow. That's a burn at you. Ow. <laughs> um no, actually, like that was one of the things I did say at a two-way rally not too long ago, which is like, you know, stop, stop it. Just you know, stop. just stop arguing with each other, like, and figure out, like, learn something, open a book. 
don't necessarily listen to every inflammatory person that like feels passionately about something. Although I sound very inflammatory and passionate right now, but like, you know, just know that like, just because somebody says it wasn't real, doesn't make it not historically a thing. And yes, I'm talking about assault rifles. Oh yeah, because you get I'm not going to specifically call somebody out, but I was, uh, there's a book that was written where this individual who's very, very, very well known in the firearms industry, who is a woman, um, I'm just trying to narrow it down for people. She basically says that fire assault rifles aren't a thing. And that's just, and so I've been dealing with that, like for, I've never read the book, but, um, I've been dealing with that response for so long being people being like, well, she says, and I'm like, well, she's wrong. Sorry. Yeah. And like, there is people you don't have, have to it. like it. You don't have to use it. You don't ever have to think about it, but it doesn't mean historically that it wasn't a thing. Yeah. And there is there is a technical usage of the term and people get so mad about assault weapon as a lingo. Which, like if you look at historically speaking, assault weapons were like weird attachments, like grenade launching right. like attachments to guns. So it was it, used to. They also the it does. It's not just a legal term, but its legal definition is very different from its technical use, obscure technical use. Um, obscure being a very accurate. Yes, very obscure. Um that's one of those ones that's it's weird to me how like we're so angry at one term that it's just going to bleed over anytime we see the word assault is what I, f- I feel like happened and then people got so mad at assault and it just became like this thing to be mad about anytime seeing the word assault rifle and it, like when we've talked about this before when we use it on like posts or like social media or in the galleries and th- then it like then people had to build up evidence to support that position that it's not a real term. Like now it's become somehow more formalized and it's just like, it's like we've watched it go from everybody was pretty on board with this being a technical term, not a, and then not necessarily a productive term, but a technical not necessarily a productive term, but a technical term. And uh, to like, well, that term doesn't even exist. And like, it's happened within my like career span. I actually think that that you say like they have built argue like built information to justify their arguments, but I'm pretty sure that like the ones that I hear most often are, well, guns don't assault people, you know. Well, I was using build like an, I meant like building a case like very very loosely, you know. Swimming pool. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's a response everyone gets. I don't know. It's a train wreck. But like the the moral of the story is that like you know if there's a term that triggers you. (laughs) <laughs> gun community i'm looking at you guys as much as i called out the other side and have it in the past you know if there's a term that like and it's true they trigger you it triggers the gun community when they hear this stuff like step back think about why it's upsetting you and decide whether you're factually accurate and if you are then how best can you communicate that to people within and outside the gun community in a way that's not judgmental in order to not scare everybody away from wanting to be a part of you. Because what people don't realize is that this is totally anecdotal, but I'm going to say it anyways, is that I feel like the number of people who actually really vehemently hate guns is a relatively small percentage of the country. I think most people are in this kind of in-between of like, well, I don't like the guns because of these things, but they're not necessarily like well-read and it's not like the main thing in like in their lives, you know? So they may have an opinion that might be relatively negative, but it's more just based off of like lack of, you know, research or interest. Um, And so I think that there's a huge middle ground of people that are 
open to hearing and learning about terminology, technology, the history um, and current uses of firearms. Like, but when the gun community yells at them for being like, I don't even want to talk to them because there's no point in talking to gun grabbers, just assuming that everybody outside of the gun community is one. You know, I just think it's sad and not productive because I think there are so many people in this country that could be not swayed, but like with more education could, you know, change their very like surface level opinion. Um, but if we're scary, then they're not going to want to go to us. And they're going to go to the, the, you know, the people that are very angry about firearms ownership. And it just, I don't know, it just grinds my gears, Danny. It just makes me <laughs> so worried and upset because I had somebody, I deleted their comment on my page, you know, because I made a, a post. And I can't remember. It was an Ashley post about like middle ground, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, I'm done talking to anybody outside of the gun community. And I was like, <sighs> well, and it's really one thing that I'm constantly reminded of working in the museum is when I talk about guns, like when you and I talk about guns, we tend to talk about them at a pretty, I think I could fairly say high level. Like we're talking about pretty technical histories or like big picture concepts or stuff like that. And like, I spend a lot of my time doing that kind of stuff when I am talking about guns, like in my day job, you know, working at the museum, at a firearms museum, talking about firearms in details and planning exhibits and doing lots of detailed research. It's actually, I have to be reminded pretty constantly during like the visitor season that a lot of our visitors that say they are gun, like they're interested in firearms are so much like they're so generalized, like their knowledge level is so general and what we might call even basic that because we spend so you much of our the gun community basic, I believe I, I believe I did. That's um, not good. <laughs> but of but course like, you should have heard my rant five seconds ago. If you were <laughs> if, if the person that was angry at your rant kept listening, they will also be angry at that. Um, yeah, what I, I guess what I'm getting at is that we spend so much time talking in very technical and like, like really, you know, we talk to like high level collectors and people within the industry and we start to build this picture that everybody that's in the gun world is that into guns or as into guns as we are. And that's a total, you know, bad picture of what it is, because most of the, our audience, most of our even our gun interested audience, at least here at the museum, is at a knowledge level that's not anywhere, you know, to like a super advanced collector, you know. When we, if we really tried to get to the numbers of like super advanced collectors or like firearms designers or competitive shooters that are like really deep in the weeds on firearms that visit the museum on an annual basis, there's no way that it's more than 5% of our audience. Yeah. It, there's just it, having interacted with our visitors, having seen the surveys, it's just not that high. But we, we get caught up in this attitude that everybody in the gun world is that technical because that's the people that are always talking about it. And so, you know, most of like most of the inquiries I get on that even talk about terms, whether it's donations, like, Oh, here, I have this list of guns. Oh, and by the way, they all come with clips. Well, most really technical people wouldn't do that, but I'm not going to yell at this donor because they use clips, not magazines. I'll just understand what they mean and be like, cool. Let's talk about maybe donating whatever you got. And I feel like we, I guess the point is that we get so caught up in our bubble that we forget that the community is actually a lot, lot broader than our bubble is. Um, yeah, it's very true. And back to what we were talking about, terminology. Well, and my follow-up point was going, is that 
if you are, if you feel, this is the other thing I learned almost constantly. If you feel really, really strongly about some particular point of firearms history or terminology, there's almost always a precedent to prove you like wrong to some degree, like the clips magazine things like Edwin Pugsley or, you know, any number of firearms designers using the terminology, how we would say is wrong. But like, you know, we have a letter down the archives where Pugsley is writing to like the chief of army. Explain who Pugsley is just like, Oh yeah. Edwin Pugsley for those of who have missed episodes where we talked about him is a, uh, he was a Winchester engineer. He started with the company in the 19 teens, I think maybe a little earlier than that. Uh, he had a super long career with Winchester, eventually became a um, like vice president of the company, uh, invented a bunch of stuff, worked on like developing all their firearms products. He, you know, he would have worked with uh, John Browning on the BAR. He designed some of his own firearms. He probably built what is like the first 50 BMG rifle in existence. Um, he's as much as any, and he was also an extremely prolific collector, probably at one time, one of the largest private individual firearms collectors in the country. So he knows to some degree what he's talking about in his letters when they're advocating to get like contracts with the government, he's writing, you know, major officials in the ordinance uh, department he uses terminology in those letters like we wouldn't at all. And it's, you know, it's clip magazine interchangeable. It's there's other terminology in there. They just use them in ways we wouldn't. And we could sit here and say, well, it was a magazine, not a clip. Or we could take it that, you know, terminology has shifted a little bit over time. But the point being, anytime you're really, 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 really sure about something in history, be very careful because there's, very often a precedent or some other item that is not quite how you're picturing it. And I learned that on the daily, I'd say. And I'm pretty sure everybody just heard Marley losing a shit. It's cool. It's cool. Uh, well, yeah. So I think to summarize, to summer in summary, in, in summary, gun language permeates our entire society, whether we are people who own guns or people that you know, don't own guns, you know, we use it and we've been using that terminology for centuries. Um, so it's kind of interesting that we don't like that's one of the things where guns can be such a hotly contested topic, but yet somehow it's totally OK to use the language and, you know, not get triggered. Um, but then also within our communities, which can be, you know, a beacon of knowledge to people outside the community, the terminology becomes so convoluted that we really struggle with um, figuring out the full definitions, the historic definitions, what we want to say, and then also our delivery in education on that subject matter. Because if the gun community can kind of figure out a way to establish where we're at um, and how we want to use that language, then it helps us talk about guns outside of the community, which I think is really important, um, you know, in the grand scheme of things. So I think that is, that's it. I'm done. I have, I have, as I do. Oh my gosh, no. So the reason why I brought up Actually, it wasn't the reason why we brought up juxtaposed, but thinking about that, the thing I disliked about grad students using that when they didn't need to be that complicated, as I think the same feeling I have towards parts of the firearms community, where I get it, there are proper terms for things, but I think a lot of people like to make it complicated because they like to try and 
feel like they, you know, know a lot more or are trying to hide, you know, maybe that they don't know as much as they claim, but it's a sort of, I see it in a similar vein is that people use the terminology to overcomplicate things to seem more knowledgeable when they really could just use simpler terminology and be a lot more inclusive and welcoming to outsiders. The end. Boom. That's all I got. All right. Well, um, hopefully we didn't offend too many people. And, hopefully we uh, still have listeners. What did you just say? I said, hopefully we still have listeners. Oh, okay. I didn't catch any of that. All right, guys. Well, then we will talk to you all next week. See ya.